0: Texas studios and we are at Eagles Stadium in DeSoto, Texas, where the uh, DeSoto Eagles and yeah, the Waco Lions will tee it up tonight at 7 o'clock, 6.30 for the pregame. Joined now by, the, uh, by uh, Greg Tepper from Dave Campbell's Texas Football Magazine. Greg, we're kind of at the halfway point. Uh, anything surprising to you from maybe a positive standpoint or, or maybe even something from a negative standpoint uh, as far as high school football is concerned through the uh, halfway point?
1: You know, one thing I think has been really remarkable that I've been I've been marveling at uh, this far thus far has been uh, a number of teams across the state of Texas who have first-year head coaches that have found a way to really turn it around and that have found a way. Uh, to to turn themselves in into winners. Uh, teams like, for example, last night, Forney, uh, in a wild three overtime game, beat Crandall to move to four and two. That was an 0 and nine team a year ago. A new coach, Jeff Fleener, uh, formerly the uh, the head coach at Mesquite, and before that. He was the office coordinator for Allen. He was Kyler Murray's offensive coordinator, uh, helping to turn around the Jackrabbits uh, and and turn them around in a big way. Uh, You know, I think Somerset's another example of a team that's really turned it around. Uh, Equipment was a team that we were, that that had been riding a long losing streak and suddenly is four and two on the year. Uh, That is one thing that's really caught my eye this year, is you have a number of teams that uh, you would think with a first-year head coach that that teams that they would struggle, but instead – They've found a way, they found the right buttons to push and turned them around, turned them into winners, and that is, uh, that is something that I think is, is awfully impressive and is going to be fun to watch down the stretch, see if they can keep this momentum building uh, with this new staff.
2: Tom and DeSoto who have the Eagles and the Waco Lions tonight in that, in that District 11 6 a uh-huh. the District of Doom, whatever you want to call it. Is it unfolding like you thought it might unfold midway through the season right now with the three bigs and everybody else fighting for that fourth position?
1: I I would say so, yes, but with a small caveat, and that would be that I think that when you take a look at at the the big three, you know, the quote-unquote big three, right, with DeSoto, Cedar Hill, and Duncanville, um, I do think those are the three at the top, but I also don't think the gap is all that wide between them and, like, the next tier of teams, specifically Waxahachie and Mansfield. I think that gap has narrowed a little bit. Um, I still think Duncanville is probably the best team in that district, uh, DeSoto might be second, although I have some questions about them. Cedar Hill might be second, although I have questions about them. Um, that I think that what you've seen this year in in District 11 6A is that those three teams at the top uh, are imperfect. They're they're teams that have shown flaws. They're teams that that have not necessarily shown that they are uh, maybe the world beating cells that they've they've uh, grown accustomed to becoming, or maybe it's a combination of that and. Teams like Watsahachie and Mansfield, getting their feet underneath them and figuring things out. Uh, That, I think, is going to be very interesting to watch uh, unfold the rest of the way. Is just how much has that gap narrowed between those top three, who I still think are the top three, and the teams that are going to be fighting for that fourth playoff spot.
0: Greg, is it my imagination, or were there more Thursday night games than normal last night? I mean, there were a lot of Thursday night football games.
1: Yeah, it, there, there was a handful. Uh, There's there a good amount of them. I would say that what happens is, and what's important to remember, is that now that we are in district season, uh, you are going to have a little bit more of a crowded slate of Thursday night affairs simply because, uh, and, and I count 79 games last night, uh, simply because a lot of these teams, a lot of teams that end up playing on Thursday nights are in, uh, are in major metro areas, and those major metro areas tend to be ISDs that share stadiums, and so as a result... You can kind of get it, jimmy it around, and make it so that the right team is away in and, and, and here, you know, so that the, this team can play at home, uh, you know, in non district. But once you get in the district, I mean, look, the schedule is the schedule, plain and simple. If you're playing at, at home in week seven against so and so, then you are playing at home in week seven against so and so, and you got to find a stadium there. So that is one thing that coming off of last week, which was the really big bye week, we had, uh, you know, near more than a quarter of the state off. We are now back in full swing, 645 games. This weekend, almost all of them, all but 55, I believe, are district contests. As a result, you're going to see more Thursday games, and to that end, you're going to see more Saturday games too, simply because, uh, you know, I, I count, uh, let's see, I count a good number of, of Saturday games as well. Uh, that is simply because of the nature of the stadium situation where these teams are going to have to share stadiums in multi-school ISDs.
2: Greg Sterling Doty and the Stephenville Yellow Jackets making their way into Waco mm. to take on Waco La Vega. Is this as good a football game as I think it's going to be?
1: Uh, I think there's a fair argument to be made that this is the best game in the state this week, and, and it's it's supremely interesting for a number of different reasons. You know, one of them obviously is the district opener for these two teams. Um, I think Stevenville has somehow at 5-0, and and despite being as successful a program as they are, I think that they have somehow flat, flown under the radar. New quarterback Ryder Lambert has been fantastic. Uh, uh, wide receiver koi Aiken has been uh, absolutely outstanding as well. He's caught 12 touchdown passes this year. Their defense has been good. But this is their biggest test to date because La Vega has really started to get it going. And they've really started to look like the La Vega of old. Uh, what's so interesting about this game is that this is such a, a stylistic clash. You know, there's I don't think there's any doubt about what Stephenville wants to do. They want to get out and run. They want to turn this into a shootout. For La Vega, they would much rather slug this thing out into a 28 to 14 victory at the end of it and be uh, just be a bloody mess at the end of it. That's what's so interesting. Who's going to be able to, uh, to dictate the style of game that this is? Because uh, in one in one respect, I don't think Stevenville is, is built to, to win a slugfest, and I also don't think La Vega is built to win a shootout. So I think that you're going to have a really intriguing matchup here. Uh, who is able to go out there and and, and land that first punch and dictate the terms of engagement in this game. I think it's going to be a lot of fun and and really going to give us a a glimpse at what, especially now that Melissa beat Argyle, uh, really give you a glimpse at what region two and four division one is going to look like uh, coming out of this game.
0: There's, there's several games that intrigue me. I, how about Cameron and Academy? Now, you, at first glance, you look up and you go, "Okay, Cameron's got uh, two wins, big deal." Uh, but they've scored like 130 points in their last two ball games, and they're both district victories. So, and, and they're taking on Chris Lancaster and Little River Academy. I think this this is an interesting football game.
1: Uh, I think they figured it out. I think that I think something has clicked with Cameron Yo. And 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 look, they started off 0 and 4, and and that's not. Obviously, Rick Rhodes doesn't want to live there. That's not what he wants to do, right? But he also played a double overtime game against Lago Vista. He played he they lost to an undefeated 4A Belleville. They lost to an undefeated number one in the state, Franklin. They lost to Lake Belton, who A is undefeated, and B, probably when they enter realignment next year, they're probably going to be a 5A. And so, like between that, now they're playing teams their own size and they're pummeling them. I mean, absolutely pummeled uh, uh, Caldwell. They 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 boat raced Rockdale in the Battle of the Bell last week, and so if you're Little River Academy and you're five and one and you're looking at this from a record perspective, uh, buyer beware there, because I think <laughs> this is a team in Yo that is much better than the record indicates, and they've certainly figured something out. Chris Lancaster's squad has the one loss in the year; it's to Lorena. There's no shame in that, but they have they are going to need to be ready uh, for this game because I think this is a team that. The, uh, a fantastic matchup of, of strength on strength. The defense for Academy has been largely very, very good. Going up against suddenly one of the hottest offenses in the state in Yo. Uh, I think this is a really intriguing matchup, and certainly much more intriguing than the records would, would have you have you believe.
2: Belton Tigers traveling over Leo Buckley to take on Harker Heights. Harker Heights trying to rebound after that loss to Temple last night or last week, and Temple winning last night. Both these times teams trying to keep up in 12-6A. How big is this ball game tonight at Leo Buckley?
1: Yeah, I think this is huge. I, I think that this is especially for Harker, uh, coming off of that loss last week to Temple. I, I think they need to reestablish themselves as uh, as as a as clearly a playoff team, uh, and this would this would go a long way towards doing that. Is beating a team uh, like Belton that has you know defense has been okay, but their offense has just had trouble getting getting out of the mud in a lot of a lot of their games. I mean, they're winning. They won last weekend. Brian, 21-14 in overtime. They've got to get this offense going if they want to get where they want to go. For for Harker Heights, it's a matter of shaking off last week, uh, you know, a tough loss there, and finding a way to, to to get a victory coming back home to Killeen. I think this is a really intriguing game, and you know, for Harker, there's no reason to push the the the, uh, the panic button, uh, but this is a game you probably need to win. Uh, if you if you if you lose this game, then you really start looking around and wondering if you're going to have enough uh, enough in the in the correct win in the correct column at the end of uh, at the end of the season to to get into the playoffs for Belton, this would be a huge win, and you would feel at three and zero in district. Yes, there's bigger tests ahead, like Shoemaker and Temple. But at the same time, if you are um, if you are Belton and you're Brent Brent Sniffin, if you get this win tonight, you are feeling very very good about finding a way into the playoffs.
0: Visiting with Greg Temper from Dave Campbell's Texas Football Magazine and Valley Sports Southwest, Greg. Uh, in two A Division two, number one Mart Kevin Hoffman's team hosting number ten Chilton. Talk to me about this one.
1: Yeah, really intriguing in this one, and I think I think Mart may in fact be the quietest number one team in the state. Uh, and I think part of it is that they just I don't know, like like part of it is that they just don't play anybody, and that's not in non district, and that's not really their fault. Like a, a big reason is that nobody wants to play them. Like nobody wants take on the the Panthers in non-district because they tend to know how it goes and so that's that's why they end up playing 3A teams like Teague and McGregor and you know Whitney's a pretty good 3A team uh last week they played or last uh, in week the last time we saw them is for a bye week uh they played Italy who is a a, a a 2A team a 2A division one team and a pretty good one and that game was 7-7 at halftime before March stood on the gas and ran away with it um here's a first real look at March in an apples-to-apples sense because it's so hard with these cross-classification games to really get a read on what it means. Well, here's a game. Here's a district title game, in my opinion, right out of the chute uh, with, uh, with Chilton. Chilton is, I think, really impressive this year. Surprise 4-0. The defense had lost two points total in their last three games. Absolutely ridiculous. Jabrian Davis, they're, they're, uh, they're Jabrian Davis rather, they're, they're all-everything uh, athlete, does a little bit of everything. I think quarterback McKellar Mac- Cook is very solid as well. Um, this is to me the first real opportunity to see Mart play a game that play the type of game that they're going to have to win to get to the state championship game. And and so if they come out there and they and Chilton hangs with them, then maybe 2A Division II is not their runaway that some people may think. Uh, but if Mart goes out there and they blast Chilton, then then suddenly we have to have a conversation about what 2A Division II is going to look like the rest of the way.
0: All right, uh, coming up tonight on the television show, what are you guys working on?
1: Yeah, we've got a bunch of games uh, across the state. We're going to have reporters all over the place, uh, including, of course, the the biggest games in the state. Uh, You know, most notably, we're going to be at uh, Stephenville and La Vega. We're going to be excited about that one. Fort Bend, Hightower, and, and, and Richmond Foster is another game that we're really excited about. Um, uh, you know, another thing that I, I'm particularly interested in uh, watching tonight is out there in Amarillo. Amarillo and Amarillo-Tascosa, big rivalry game. They call it Hell Week out there in Amarillo because it's a whole week of, of just uh, of just hatred across across, uh, across town. Going to be a lot of fun on, on Valley Sports Southwest, six hours of high school football stuff.
0: Hey, I got to ask uh, on, uh, on, on Dave Campbell's Texas Football Magazine uh, on your predictions today. Who did you pick, La Vega mm-hmm. or Stephenville?
1: I took La Vega, and there's a very real, very clear reason why. And that is because if I don't pick La Vega, uh, then Don Hyde is going to roast me. Um, and that's, and I, just don't need, I just don't need that in my life. This is a 100% true story, and I've told this before. Uh, back in 2018 when they made the title game against Liberty Hill, I picked Liberty Hill to win that game. Um, and then afterwards, of course, and people know La Vega won uh, the state championship that year. Uh, Coach Hyde uh, invited me to speak at their banquet, and, and I am fairly certain the only reason why is so that he could roast me in front of a crowd. Dave Campbell was at the, was in the crowd. Dave Campbell, because he's a La Vega grad. So he really just kind of wanted to roast me in front of his boss, in front of my <laughs> boss, rather, which I have always had a lot of respect for, uh, for Don Hyde because he did that. That's, uh, that's the kind of thing I would do. And so he and I are kindred spirits in that regard.
0: Hey, hey, make no mistake, we're all afraid of him. So, uh, hey, we we appreciate your time today, Greg. Thanks so much, and we'll talk to you soon. All right, talk soon, guys. <laughs> that's great. Hey, Ward, that's great stuff. <laughs>